Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Welcome back to It Could Happen Here, a podcast that is today about it happening here, or, or more particularly in Atlanta. So, so it's here if you happen to live in Atlanta, Georgia. Otherwise, it is, it is still happening there. Um, and I don't actually know much about this, because like the rest of you, I have been watching from the sidelines since a forest defender was killed by the Georgia State Police. Uh, but someone who has been in Atlanta for most of the last week is Garrison Davis. Garrison! Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? It's been a long week. Yeah, it sounds like it. You uh, had just gotten back from CES when all this happened and uh, booked, booked the next flight and flew out and were on the ground during uh, some of the immediate protests that followed news about the death. Do you, do you want to just kind of take it from here? Yeah, so we're going to be putting together kind of a, a more in-depth thing similar to my similar to my uh, on the ground at, def- at defend the Atlanta forest episodes from last May. That is, that's, that's going to come out, but you know, it'll take a little bit cause I'm doing a lot of interviews, doing a lot of on the ground stuff here. Yeah. Um, but this is important enough that I feel like it's, it's worth that it was, it was worth mentioning something a bit sooner, which is why we're recording here uh, today just to kind of give a one oh one on what's been going on ever since Wednesday. So Wednesday, January 18th, there was a raid on the Walani Forest or the South River Forest in Atlanta, where people have been currently staying in encampments for the past like year and a half in opposition of this upcoming uh, proposed police training facility to be built on this same land. So Wednesday morning, there was this raid. Um, There's a few things different about this raid. 
one, it seemed uh, to be in some ways kind of led by the Georgia State Patrol. Um, this is a you know a, a state a state run police that has not been in this force before. Um, other raids have been coordinated between the DeKalb County Police and Atlanta Police. So the SWAT team was was unfamiliar with the force. They had not been in there before. There was there was other police on on site. This was an interagency thing. There was it, it does seem like there was Atlanta police here as well. But this started at around 8 a.m. And then at around 9 a.m., we got word that uh, a forest defender was shot and killed by, it seems like, an estate patrol officer that they are not releasing the name of. Nor are they releasing the name of one other officer who was injured, um, and Georgia State Patrol claims that they were shot during this raid as well. Police by say the that... Yeah. Yes, p- p- police police claim that they were shot by the person that the Georgia State Patrol killed. There's very little information about this. Um, no body cameras. Um, no, they have said that there's no no body cam, which does seem consistent because Georgia State mm-hmm. Patrol are not uh, are not required to wear body cam. So that obviously hit a lot of people pretty hard because this is, um, to our knowledge, the first like you know, environmentalist protester to be killed by police. It's the first yeah. fatality that we've had in the, in this, in this uh, movement here in, in Atlanta. And for the record, it is still deeply unclear what happened. It's certainly not impossible that this person fired first on the police officer, but it's it's also incredibly important to note that there is no evidence of this that's been presented. The only evidence that the police have presented is a photo of a of a pistol on the ground, um, and then they've made the very weaselly worded claim that um, ballistics testing has shown that the bullet that struck the officer was consistent with the gun that they're saying with, the the individual they killed had. And now, all that means is that it was nine millimeter. That allegedly. it was the same caliber, right? You, a gun, a caliber for which there are tens of millions of guns in this country. Um, most ballistic science is in terms of like identifying bullets to guns is actually nonsense. There have been massive lawsuits about this. The FBI um, has, has, this is a bigger topic than, than, we can get into today, but it's very shady. And all that they actually said is the cop was shot with a nine millimeter and Hey, look, we found a nine millimeter. Not interestingly enough. We have confirmed that this gun was fired. Um, Correct. So very, anyway, uh, so no one knows what's happened. It's, it's, it's shady. I mean, so I've, I, I got, I got here like less than 24 hours later. A lot of people on the ground have been kind of sharing their memories of the person that was killed. So the person was named, uh, their their forest name was Tortuguita, which means l- mm-hmm. little turtle. Their name that has been released is uh, Manuel. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to call them Tortuguita or Tort. Um, sure. There's been uh, people, have, you know, spent a lot of the past few days talking about Tort, remembering Tort, um, the types of things that, that they, they advocated for, the types of things that they would talk about. So we'll, we'll get into some of the more kind of specifics of that, of that, of that later. Um, but yeah, a number of other journalists have talked about their conversations with, uh, with Tort, including um, the fact that they evinced a, a pretty principled um, and, and extensive commitment to nonviolence. Um, at least in interviews. This is the, yeah. something they had been quoted on by an, other journalists a number of times. 
and this is something I've heard a lot of people bring up is that is that Tort was was a, a believer in in nonviolence and would and would talk about and advocate that. The other the other kind of angle to this, and I'm not taking a position one way or, or another here, but this is something that I think is important to mention, is that I also don't want to remove the agency of a person if they did decide no. to do if, if I if I did if they did decide to do this. Because the, the other thing I've heard a lot about Tort is that they always made thoughtful decisions in meaning that they they put thought into everything they did um they were they they acted strategically they did not they did not put people in unnecessary danger they would not do something if they thought it would endanger other people they always acted with thought and that 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 could include if you feel like your life is under immediate threat um what what actually happened wednesday morning we will probably Never know. We will never know the exact series of of events. Yeah. Um, and it's and in some ways, like that's we can we should re- respect tort either way, um, because they made a decision that they thought that was right in the moment, or they were just flat out murdered by police. Um, so that's that's kind of the gist of of what happened wednesday morning throughout the rest of the day their police continued their raid on the forest the the last the last tree sitter was eventually taken down like 20 hours later after the raids that someone was stuck up in a tree for over 20 hours no food or water um police agitating them the entire time and many uh all, all of all uh, other people arrested i think a total around seven got charged with the uh, domestic terrorism among other charges so that's pretty significant um that is people that that and we will circle back to this to this point a little bit later so that is that is what happened on wednesday uh you know the the first few hours after the shooting people were unsure of of who actually got killed it was it was hard it was hard to say um other forest defenders who were in the area did report from that what they heard there was a a pretty a pretty quick single firing of of guns, multiple guns going off in a pretty quick succession. There was no like one shot and then seconds later, a bunch of other shots. It was all kind of one event. This is reports from people on the ground. This is what this is what what they've said. Um, a lot of a lot of people speculate that this could have been friendly fire if if this if this if this if this other p- patrol officer was was um, you know got shot. They 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 went to the hospital so. They, yeah, they, it does. It does they appear that a police officer had got a bullet inside of them. Yes. Um. But obviously, there's a number of ways in which that could have occurred, and yeah. and I I don't find it. I certainly I don't think it's conspiratorial at all. To, conspiratorial at all to say they have not presented evidence. It is certainly possible that a bunch of cops wandering through the forest, somebody would have a negligent discharge. You know, yep. somebody would just pant. You know, there's enough. So we just, and again, as you've stated, we just. We probably will never know precisely what happened. Yeah, um, and that's that—that's the feeling on the ground. A lot of people coming to terms with the fact that we will never know. A lot of people, you know, thinking that it—you know—very likely chance it was friendly fire. Other people, you know, trying to trying to emphasize the fact that you know we will never know. It's we cannot say one way or another. But it's also important not to minimize someone's autonomy, um, especially since they're no longer around to advocate for themselves or their actions. Um, yeah. Let's go. Let's have a let's have a an ad break, and then we'll kind of continue on to what happened yeah. in the in the days after. 
Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! You're probably careful with your personal information. But what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. We're back. Garrison, please continue to take it away. So the the late the day of the shooting, there was a vigil. Before we found out who it was, there was a vigil set up at Little Five Points in Atlanta. And then the next two days, there was, uh, there was a vigil space created at Entrenchment Creek Park or Wolani People's Park. Uh, this is an area of the forest that's, to, that's on like the eastern side. And this is the section that is currently um, being sought as a, a place to expand Black Hall movie studios. So this is, this is separate from the actual Cop City element of this but it's still part of the defend the atlanta forest side of this because th- this is all the same forest they're just kind of split um down the middle by this uh by this power line cut 
So this section of the park is on a section of land that's contestedly owned by Ryan Millsap, the guy who runs Black Hole Studios. I first arrived at uh, at uh, Wolani People's Park on Friday for the for like the more public facing vigil. And I just just kind of I, I want to talk a bit about the park because this is such a I think it's such a solid encapsulation of what's changed since last time I've been in Atlanta. So last time I was in Atlanta, there was uh, the Muscogee Creek people were traveling from, I believe, Oklahoma to Atlanta. Well, what what is now Atlanta? What what used to be Muscogee land? Um, and they were they were like giving talks and presentations about the forest inside the section of forest that that the defend the Atlanta forest stuff is about. And I, I went to one of those events at Entrenchment Creek Park. It was you know green trees all around. There was a nice gazebo. There was a there was a piano inside the gazebo. People handing out food. A little like kitchen was set up. Pretty pretty picturesque. It was it was pretty it was pretty great. So then when I pulled up to this same spot a few days ago, it was like apocalyptic. The gazebo has been completely torn down and is laying in shambles in the front of the parking lot, like for everyone to see the, the destroyed remains. All of the all of like the uh, the 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 concrete sidewalks and stuff have all been torn up and is just scattered everywhere. It's not, it's just it's just a massive mud pit. It's it's such a different place um and you know when you when you get there for a vigil the mood's not cheery obviously um there was people you know sharing stories of torts singing songs and you know building this like a almost like a vigil shrine um uh so that was like the first the first big thing friday night um so a, a lot of people talked about their memories of Tort and you know the different things they they contributed to not just the defend the Atlanta Forest stuff but stuff across the entire South. They did mutual aid work um, and stuff to secure housing for people in Florida. Uh, they helped defend uh, drag shows in uh, in uh, Tennessee. They they did they did stuff all all across the South and you know they had they had allies. And accomplices from across the South, you know, talking about how great Tort was to work with and the types of solidarity that Tort would show to to many, many different people. So that was Friday. And everyone was kind of I you could kind of feel the almost calm before the storm in some ways. People didn't people didn't really know what was gonna happen in the coming days, but you know, there was there was a sense of like eerie quietness. And then Saturday happens. Saturday, there is this protest planned meeting in Underground Atlanta, which is a spot in downtown Atlanta, kind of on the south side. I got there for this protest. There, uh, initially, there was people from this like socialist organization called PSL. They, they tried to lead the march one way. Um, the crowd rejected their authority and was like, no, we're not going to go to the federal district. We're not going to go to the CNN center, uh, which are places notorious for getting kettled at. Um, and they, and, and people autonomously redirected the crowd um, north towards the, and, and north is also just so happens to be the direction of the Atlanta police foundation headquarters. The, pseudo union lobbying group that is that is behind the big push for for cop city 
um, b- before this march started, there was similarly, you know, people giving speeches about tort, people, not, not speeches, like people just sharing memories of tort. So people, so that tort can like live on um, in some way. So people can, you know, know about them now that they're no longer around, you know, people from a local medic collective talking about, you know, torts, tort, 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 tort's involvement in that and how much tort cared about, you know, helping other people. So this, this, this March starts up. Um, it was funny. There was a, f- a few blocks away from this March location. There just so happened to be like a single police car in the street, but like parked on the wrong side of the road. And this police car sees this March coming and it's like kind of freaking out. It doesn't know what to do. It drives in reverse for like like two blocks trying to find a spot to turn around <laughs> as the march is like increasingly getting closer. Like you could just, you could just, you could just feel, you could feel the, the anxiety of the cop yeah. inside this car. He, they, they, they do not oh, want to get surrounded by, by a crowd. Um, eventually mm. they're able to back up enough to turn around and they, they get out. They are, they are mm. zooming away. They do not want to be anywhere <laughs> near this. And short, shortly after, uh, people arrive at the uh, Atlanta Police Foundation headquarters. Windows spontaneously shatter, mm-hmm. um, as as is expected. Uh, a few bank windows also get um, get get broken. Uh, w- Wells Fargo being one of them. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Bank windows. Uh, w- mm. Wells Fargo being another one. Wells Fargo is a major contributor to the Atlanta Police Foundation. So this happens Two cop cars that are just, you know, blocks away um, that are sitting completely empty, get their get their uh, windows smashed. You know, there's people there's there's fireworks going off around the crowd. Um, there's there's this one clip that I that I saw from some some uh, some group that was live streaming um, that there was there was a few a few officers like stationed beside the Atlanta police foundation. And as soon as they, as soon as they heard fireworks, they, again, similarly just like ran away as fast as they could. They were not equipped to, to deal <laughs> with, um, to deal with a, <laughs> fireworks were the, were the main thing they seem to be scared of. So two, 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 two cop cars get their windows smashed. Um, fireworks going around March continues, goes for about a few more blocks. And, uh, then, uh, uh, uh corkers notice police, Police are starting to come. Uh, police are, 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 are approaching, uh, approaching the crowd head on. Police start rushing towards the crowd. Um, one, they they tackle tackle a few people holding a banner. Um, I think they, they 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 people people scatter. Most of the crowd gets away. Most of the, the the crowd splits up in, into into two groups. The largest chunk is able to move away from police presence. There's, you know, people chanting, be water, you know, all of, all the stuff. Uh, so most, most people do successfully get away. The smaller, smaller section of people split off in another direction. Cops follow. They are able to tackle and arrest a few, a few more people in this, in this group. In the end, it looks like there was six people arrested. Um, most, most people got away. After all these arrests are happening, people start noticing something. <laughs> That in the background, a few a few blocks previous to where people were marching, uh, it looks there looks to be a glowing police car. Uh, so we, we we look back, and sure enough, an, an Atlanta police car is up in flames, um, complete completely completely glowing, huge huge flames. So 
so as that happens, more and more cops show up. This is where like the cops now are like taking over downtown. Um, you know, cops with with uh, AR-15 or AR style rifles are are going around, starting starting to do patrols. So this is like the the night the night is over at this point. Uh, now it's time for like people to scatter and leave, which is what people did. the The aftermath of this is super fascinating, and unfortunate if not unexpected. Uh, you know, there's been very little statements about the police killing of an of of Tortiquita, of you know an environmental activist, um, forest defender. But very 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 little statements addressing this this matter at all. A huge flood of statements, however, ex- seeming to be extremely concerned that like a few windows were broken and that a cop car got torched. This this is terrorism. And, you know, this this is le- this is less than a week after Martin Luther King Day. Um, this is, you know, this is the, the 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 big quote was that the the police chief a few hours later declared that uh, breaking windows and starting fires is terrorism, which is a wild thing for a, a a police chief to say as the mayor stands behind, nodding in agreement. It's one of the most fascist things that we've that has that has occurred in the united like, states you, you cannot understate uh, like in the severity lifetime. of yeah like this the severity yeah. of this of this change in the types of framing by the state yeah to describe civil disobedience to describe property destruction to describe vandalism as a form of 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 domestic terrorism is is uh, appalling um I mean, if if this if this holds up, then in states where this is done, there is effectively no longer any right to protest. Yeah, and I mean, and, like, and we'll, we'll get into some some of the details of this in in a bit, even in this in this episode. Um, and I think the uh, the other side of this is that this is something that I've heard people talk about here on the ground is that if if breaking windows is terrorism, right? If 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 the destruction of inanimate objects is terrorism. What what exactly is destroying an entire forest? Like, this is this is like the the juxtaposition that people are are dealing with on the ground right now. So, the end the, the result of this is that we got six people who not six people who were to be clear arrested completely at random. This this was very clear. Police were tackling anyone they could get their hands on. They were not doing targeted arrests. They were not going after specific individuals who they suspected. Of of like actually doing crimes, um, they were they were tackling r- random people as is kind of usual for these so- sorts of things. Yeah, but they have gotten a series of ridiculous charges: um, riot, arson, interfering inter- interfering with government property, um, and also domestic terrorism. And domestic so this is domestic terrorism, not even for people that are like in the forest, just people protesting out on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so getting- out on the street when windows were broken. When windows were broken, there's no evidence of this. Uh, the bail hearings were uh, today, as of being recorded. This is this is Monday. But bail hearings were today. The judge, the judge for the hearings, specifically said that these hearings are not to litigate the facts of the issue. What actually happened doesn't matter. There's there's obviously no evidence to support that any of the people arrested did any crimes. There is there's no evidence. That that shows that the specific people arrested did anything beyond marching in the street, 
and that does not matter that 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 simply does does not matter the the brutality is the point in this case um two two people have had their bail set at three hundred and fifty five thousand dollars each so that's over seven hundred thousand dollars for just two people's bail the other four people arrested were deemed to be from out of state by the judge and then thus a flight risk including people that are just like less than 90 minutes away in Tennessee. And again, this, this is like where people are born. There's this, yeah. there's this, there's this sense that like people no longer have freedom to choose where they live, that people like yep. no longer have any freedom of movement, that they no longer have the autonomy to go to, di- to different places. You know, this is, ob- this is like in line with the outside agitator angle that's been, being pushed by governments and media ever since, especially since 2020, this is in line with that sort of stuff. But because these people were deemed non-local or a flight risk, these people are not getting any bond at all. These people are going to be held in jail indefinitely. Indefinitely, it's indefinitely. indefinite detention. Yeah. It could this this could literally be years. The the legal system mm-hmm. is so slow, and uh, like being held in prison or in, in jail for for years with no evidence presented that you did literally anything wrong. Um, I've talked with a lot of people, people from Solidarity Fund, which we'll, I'll, I guess I'll mention here at the end. And, and you know, just, just people around, like what they're, you know, with, with people are getting arrested with no evidence and getting, you know, indefinite time in prison, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to be released. Like the, the, the obvious abuse of power by the state, um, the the sheer audacity, and uh, you know the extreme danger that if these if these are able to 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 stick and hold, is incredibly frightening for any any kind of future. Yeah. Um, it's any, meant any, to be any future civil rights movement at all. Like in this, you, again, you might <laughs> say that it's the 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 strategic use of terror in order to achieve a political end. One, one might say that, and I mean it's. <laughs> We're in Atlanta. The streets they're marching on, there's banners of Martin Luther King hanging above us. Like, it's it's incredibly frustrating. The Solidarity Fund, which we interviewed on the show literally days before the well, with the the episode released days before the killing of Tortuguita. Um, but the Atlanta Solidarity Fund is providing both legal support and um and 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 bail for people arrested for political actions. The previous amount needed to bail out people was over $100,000, which is a lot of money. And now just just for two people, it's $700,000 more. So the Atlanta Solidarity Fund desperately needs funds to continue supporting people and to continue resisting state repression. Um, we'll talk about this more once I have my deep dive episodes out on this topic, but it's it's crucial that that if 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 anyone cares about people's right to protest to people's people's you know ability to resist state violence um then it's it's absolutely crucial that that people support the solidarity fund right now uh just just today i went to another another kind of vigil um at emory college here in atlanta more more people were sharing stories of tort um, one person was reading out a letter that they sent to sent to their um, comrades in Italy who are setting up a vigil as well. There's been a good amount of international support. I've, I've seen vigils from Germany, um, from 
Italy. There's been there's been events, demos, rallies, um, direct actions and vigils all across the United States um, about to defend the Atlanta forest and about the the killing of Tortuguita. People people here absolutely do appreciate the solidarity. And the other thing people are saying is that I mean all of these tactics are meant to scare people away from the idea of protesting. And yeah. People are still needed on the ground here. This fight is not. This fight is not over. Um, this is. This is not. This is not the end. You know, tactics may have to change. Tactics may have to shift. People may have to approach things from, from um, you know, different angles. But it's not over. And there's there's people have said that there's still a need for you know for support roles for people on the ground, for people to be in Atlanta because it's not done. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride. Raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today 
at purdueglobal.edu. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of sentiment on the left that what's happening in the Atlanta forest defense is probably the most important radical action going on in the country right now. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, not just the fact that the forest that is going to be torn down for cop city is a crucial part of the city of Atlanta's tree cover. And that all of this ties into both the impossibility of actually combating climate change under the present system and the complicity uh, of the police in, in making it impossible to combat that um, or even to mitigate it in many cases. But, but I think what you've gotten to is probably the most direct, the most directly frightening thing about what's going on in Atlanta. And the thing that's most relevant to the future of any kind of resistance in this country, which is um, the, the gloves are are coming off, right? The the this is this is not going to be the last time that state security forces use the fact that terrorism has a a special place in American law, and that crimes that are deemed to be terrorism um, open up the ability of the government to act in ways that they normally are not supposed to be able to act. Um, like that is going to be, it's not going to be just forest defenders that gets used on. It's going to be anyone who ever carries out any kind of act of protest that has a chance of upsetting the balance of power, um, in this country. Like that's, that's where this is headed. And, um, yeah, it's a bummer. Do you want to talk a little bit about the, the role of the media in this? Because that is, uh, something that, is I'm I'm certain going to be of uh we, we just had a thing today where some weirdo lefties on uh at the True and On subreddit decided and someone on Twitter decided to accuse me of getting a bunch of people in Atlanta arrested for terrorism because I interviewed them on camera. I've I've never interviewed anyone in Atlanta. I I, I simply have never worked there. Um, I'm not sure where the rumors started, but it's it's reigniting this kind of it's, debate about it seems it seems like tanky stuff. It's just it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's nonsense, but it has reignited. And I saw this on the It Could Happen Here subreddit. People talking about like, um, obviously, you know, this is nonsense, but it is a you know, looking at these terrorism charges, it's a simple fact that uh, activists should never talk to press. And um, obviously, a lot of these arrests had nothing to do with anyone talking to the media like folks were present at a riot and the cops were tackling folks that's that's nobody but the cops's fault but there's a there's a there's a conversation to be had about what is the what is the smart balance in terms of getting PR and getting press coverage and getting word of mouth about a radical movement and the fact that doing that will inevitably ramp up pressure like that is that is a reality that, yes. that when when radical activists get attention from the media the state cracks down now does that mean that the media is responsible for the 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 movement getting cracked down or does it simply mean that the cops judge whether or not something's a threat by the amount of press that it's getting you know the the, the this is this is a, an ongoing like thing people are going to be talking about and in a lot of ways it's a continuation of conversations people were having in 2020 but I, i'm interested in because when you went over there we, we had a little a few hours of debate after it became clear that the cops had killed a forest defender over like 
okay, what's the right thing to do? Should should Garrison head over to Atlanta? Um, should we have some boots on the ground for this because you'd been covering it for so long? And one of the things you pointed out is that there was a call for media coverage from yes. people who were on the ground in Atlanta. Yes. This is something I will get more into when I go in depth yeah. with this for an upcoming episode. Um, probably probably, probably a two-parter. Um, that's This is a conversation that people are constantly having in Atlanta. This is a conversation I've been having with people nonstop ever since coming here ever since before coming here i've you know this is something i i i, I don't want to just parachute into someone else's city i had conversations with multiple people before before uh coming over there's a few aspects to this the amount of people doing stuff and you know how many people are in the forest not a not a giant number of people there's not hundreds of people living in the woods there's mm -hmm. there's not there's there's not there's not tons of people um a, uh, an intentional media strategy has been a part of this movement mm -hmm. since the beginning, um, even among the insurrectionary anarchists who are here. Uh, this is this has been something that people have been, you know, working on as as a part of a decentralized movement, having conversations about. Uh, there's been a lot of there's been coverage in the Rolling Stone that people here seem to be pretty happy with. Um, yeah, it was very, and uh, the Guardian also published people an extreme, have been, like people have been pretty happy. Very good with, article. People yeah. have been very, pretty happy with coverage from the Guardian. Um, the, there's a uh, uh, people have been pretty happy with some stuff from AJ Plus. Um, people have been uh, decently uh, happy with the the work that I've done on this, but based on many conversations, dozens and dozens of conversations I have I've had with people here. Um, ultimately, I don't. For what, for what cops are doing in the forest, I don't think there seems to be a clear correlation between media coverage happening of stuff of of you know the movement and cops' response to the forest. There doesn't there does there's no linked timeline there. Cops are doing stuff in the forest because they want the forest cleared so they can build their police training or their police tra tra training facility. From what I've talked with people. The amount of, of pressure that has been caused by media covering the forest has not only elongated the construction process and elongated the the amount the stuff that they're that they're able to do. It's it is it has it has made it harder because this is this this is not a very popular proposal. Even even before the encampments started, it was estimated that like seventy percent of people in Atlanta were not for this. We're, we're not for the construction of this facility. So I think people people make a lot of intentional media choices. That's not to say that there isn't also um, intentionally harmful actors who are trying to frame this as Atlanta burning down, Atlanta in disorder, Antifa yeah. taking over sections of Atlanta. That is absolutely an, another part of it. But there is a very people here have a very clear distinction between between um, bad actors, between people who are you know providing accurate fair coverage of what's going on um and then you know people who are just out to profit which is you know like a lot of like local tv channels um there's there i think uh stuff that happened on the protest on saturday is, is, is a good example there's this far-right account that I, i'm not going to name um at least not yet I, I might i might talk about it in the future um who you know tries to collect information on on protesters they had there they have someone on the ground who films they also a really good aggregate of like random people's Instagram and TikToks or Snapchats of you know filming filming people from unfortunate angles, um, the local local TV like Fox like the like the local Fox News station, 
you know, tries to get as much sensational footage of crimes as possible. And, you know, people, people to the best of their ability will, you know, try to try to block that off with like umbrellas if they see that happening. But, you know, you can, it's, it's meh. There's definitely a clear intention that people in the movement do not want the media narratives around this to solely be decided by the state and be decided against people who are in clear opposition to them. That is, that is absolutely something that people are putting in, putting attention in. Uh, they, they, just that's because that that creates a lot of uh, really really harmful scenarios because there's the state itself is already a pretty powerful propaganda machine already a lot of local news just regurgitates state talking points right this is the idea of the fourth estate there is does seem to be a pretty a distinction between stuff like the fourth estate and stuff like the derivative idea of the fifth estate of being more of like the people's voice for 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 these for these sorts of movements also in that vein, there's stuff like the Atlanta People's Press, which is a like decentralized media collective um, run by a lot of like rad people who 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 help to coordinate media coverage, who help to coordinate um, stuff with. I mean, they have they have worked with people. They've worked with us on our on the uh, on the uh, history of the old Atlanta prison farm. So I would say there's a lot of thought put into media strategy um, and not like in like a Libby like optics way, but like actual effective media strategy that will improve material conditions and will help push the goals of the movement forward. The goal being that the construction of cop city does, does not continue. So there's a lot of thought going into that and they, and that is viewed as another, like that, that is another wing of of the effort, right? There's there's stuff like the encampments. There's stuff like sabotage. There's stuff like protests. There's stuff like, you know, like a, a very above board stuff. You know that like very uh you know like uh, a, a above ground organizations will do like you know write in campaigns, calling campaigns, and media strategy is another angle of this because to completely give up the public perception of what's going on to the state is seen as a bad thing. <laughs> So, but this is this is absolutely a, a contentious topic. I think people in Atlanta have a lot of nuanced conversations about this, and media stuff is handled with a lot more intention here than it has been in the Pacific Northwest. Um, that yeah. is my that is my subjective opinion, but based on based on I mean, based, it's a smaller community, so I think maybe it's easier. It does seem like there's more yeah. solidarity within the community and more the, I, of a, a shared vision. I would say that's true. There is a, the community is forced to reinforce itself. It is small enough that it cannot treat people as disposable. Um, it needs to maintain the people that it has. And so people work through problems, people work through conflicts and ways to actually resolve it and keep going to build everyone up and make them stronger. There is a shared community space, which I've, I've, I've been to a few times. Um, and I think even just something like that is, is, so, is so useful in being able to actually keep something that resembles a community. You see a lot of like anarchists um, talk about how like community isn't a real thing. There isn't actually community, um, you know, or, and in a lot of places, I would say that's, that's true. A lot of places are just click driven, um, you know, a uh, uh, scene drama. It, 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 uh, it honestly yeah. gets towards, or like interesting conflict. If, if you don't want to use the word drama, um, whereas circular firing squad type shit. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here, 
there is such a feeling of actual community. Like that, that actually is a thing here because people are forced to foster it. We're in the South. We're surrounded. We're, you mm. know, you're, you're surrounded by a lot of people who want to hurt you. Um, Atlanta is the most surveilled city. There's so many different police forces. There's a police force for Fulton County. There's a police force for DeKalb County. There's a police force for Atlanta. There's the Georgia State Patrol. There's the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. There's the Georgia Department of Homeland Security. There's so many people. So many agencies are involved in this. There's so much, so much outwards um, threats to people that you really are forced to keep people, uh, keep people close and and trust the people around you. Because the consequences are quite dire, um, so people take things very yeah. seriously, and they put a lot of thought into into a lot of into a lot of things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean that that also gels with my own experience in the South, right? It's it's easier to find communities of people who are um, doing anything kind of radical because there's that, that bunker mentality, right? You're under siege, you're surrounded on all sides. And, um, you know, that that's very different when you go to a place where there's kind of more like what, what would be in other places. Deviancy is more the norm. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that that is probably has a lot to do with the fact that this forest defense has so far been so successful in delaying construction of this facility which it um, which it has construction yeah. construction deadlines continue to have been passed and been passed and been passed it has at the very least showed that stuff like this can be resisted and significantly delayed and at at this point they're projecting construction won't be complete for about four more years and again these deadlines keep getting pushed back and back and that is mm-hmm. really what the movement is trying to do keep these deadlines getting pushed back and back until they just give up on the project or try to put it somewhere else. And if they try to yeah. put it somewhere, and if they try to put it somewhere else, then the forest was defended. But then there's still mm-hmm. the stop cop city aspect of being like, yeah, it yeah. can go somewhere else, but we we don't want it there at all. And then at that point, the movement would change, you know, very significantly. But in terms of the defend the Atlanta forest aspect of this, right, the the whole goal is to make to make this as unenticing as possible. Um, and there's a multitude of strategies involved in that. Um, including stuff like propaganda, agitprop, yeah. media strategy, sabotage, uh, direct action, call-in campaigns, stuff about pressuring the construction agencies, all all those sort of things. That's so much more, because what you're talking about is, is what we call in sort of conflict studies a strategy of friction, right? Um, and, and so much, there's so always so much focus on kind of these, like we had in Portland in 2020, these like grand moments that are are very visually spectacular of resistance but what actually what actually wins cuz the state has the ability to take a lot of hits it is a it is a durable force and if you're going up against a durable force the only way to win victories is to be durable yourself and to wear away at them it's it's friction um and i i think that's like that's still the winning play is to keep up pressure. It's just the kinds of pressure, especially now that they've cleared out the tree sitters and stuff. And now that we've seen what they're going to do to people who are arrested at demonstrations, the kinds of friction that can be applied have to change. Otherwise the movement's going to get worn down before the state does in this fight. Something that Tortuguita has said is that the state is very good at doing violence 
we we cannot we we cannot beat the state at violence. The the state's good. The state will probably win that game. That's 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 the entire point yeah. of the state. That it like the state has a monopoly on violence. That is the entire point. They will win that. Um, but there but there are other ways where we can see successes, and we have seen successes before. Um, so it's not over. It will probably grow and change. Um, what actually happens will remain to be seen. But I am um, just I'm, I'm prepping to go through a whole bunch of my audio files and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, welcome and, to that hell <laughs> and, and and piece and piece together kind of a a, a pretty a pretty succinct uh, deep dive that is it is a, a true a true successor to the to the original on the ground at the defend the Atlanta Force episodes that I did last May. So well. I look forward to that. I'm sure I know everyone else is as well. Um, thank you for going over there and uh, and being in the thick of it. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue to cover this story uh, as best we can, whatever comes in the future. All right, I think that's an episode. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com 